Um, you know, in our Bible reading uh, today, it started in the book of Job. And the book of Job actually is a book of triumph, um, although it's not looked at it by most people in that way, but it actually is a book of triumph. And because you see in the end that even though the devil really came against this man and his family, uh, in the end, he was restored. And he was restored double at the blessing of God and at the hand of God. And a lot of people think that God did it, and it's very clear in the book of Job that God didn't do it. The devil did it to him. It was at the devil's hand in that way. And um, But one of the things that we saw, and, and I, would, I just want you to see this because I think it's very interesting. So just go to Job chapter 1, and this reminds me, this reminds me of Acts chapter 20. Seven, when they're in um, Acts chapter 27, when they're in the um, uh, boat, and all of a sudden they're going round and round and round. Remember it says in Acts 27, it says that all hope was lost Mm -hmm. and all hope was gradually abandoned. And so one of the things that you saw was that, and, and one time I was reading that and the Lord said, he said, this is how the devil operates. Mm-hmm. This is what he does. He yeah. constantly will grate, grate, grate on your hope. And I went, oh my goodness, there's his ways right there. And so he'll do something, then he'll do something else, then yeah. he'll do something else. And what I like to say it is he likes to pile on. Yep. You know, he likes to pile on. And many times you'll be doing something, you're you're going after the word and all of a sudden, the devil's piling on. You know, it's kind of like when Jesus went and he was arrested. First of all, he's arrested for doing nothing. Uh, he's uh, basically uh, completely, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Um, Judas completely turned it back. Betrayed, betrayed. He completely betray- <laughs> was betrayed. He's arrested. Uh, they're hitting him, spitting in his face. Yeah beating him, uh, tearing his clothes, getting whipped. Now you got to carry your cross before you get tortured on the cross and mm-hmm. die. I mean, it was like one thing after the other, after the other. This is the way that the devil does things. Yeah. And so you see in Acts 27 that the devil is there, and what he was doing was he was just grating on their hope. And I find that many times... Many times I've watched where the devil has really just been, he's okay. He's okay for you not to give it all in all in one blow, but he'll just grate on you. Great, 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 great on your hope. And then all of a sudden he tries to pile on and give you kind of the death blow. And uh, you see the same thing in Job. So when you look at Job chapter 1, I want you to see this. And we came up with a statement that said, you know, because this helped us to recognize what was actually hap- happening spiritually. And the statement was, it's not coincidence, it's coordination, right? It's not coincidence, it's coordination. Yeah. And so you see that again here, right? I mean, this is, this is amazing, mm-hmm. actually, what happens and the timing of it and the coordination of mm-hmm. it. And if you if you understand the devil, you could read this now and go, "Oh yeah, that's the devil right yeah. there. He's a he's a big jerk." And uh, so he says this, verse thirteen, Job one thirteen. 
Now, on the day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and donkeys feeding uh, beside them, and the Sabaeans attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, keep that in mind, that statement. I alone have escaped to tell you. And then watch verse 16. While he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven. Now, this is this guy's report, but he doesn't know that it's not God. He thinks it's God because uh, most scholars have agreed that they're not sure that they were even aware that God, that the devil existed yeah. at that time. So they didn't, they didn't really know of the devil, it looks like, in history. So they thought everything that happened was God. Yeah. Now, a lot of people have taken their doctrine and theology from the wrong testimony of Job. And you go on later in the book, and it says, Job says, I've spoken wrong things yeah. about you. I thought I knew some stuff. I didn't. And so, but why is it that we take all this doctrine out of here without having other scripture to back it up? Because they haven't read past chapter one. Yeah, well, yeah. And then, so right here, you've got the servant who thinks God did it. And he says, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. So again, everybody's gone. Everything's done. Everybody else is dead. But I, I'm the only one that made it, and I, I was I was here to come and tell you bad news. Yeah, you know, I was left to tell you the bad news. Yeah. like I'm communicating the bad news, and already what we're seeing is that although this guy was not Job's enemy, he was being used by the enemy for a timing yes. to great on hope. Yeah. And and again, the same. Why is it the <laughs> same words come out of everybody's mouth, right? Yeah. The same words. I alone. Have escaped. And and the issue is because it's mounting. It's multiplying the effect of that negativity. Okay? Yeah. All right. Now now watch this. Verse 17. While he was still speaking, all right, here it is again. So before one person can deliver the bad news fully, somebody else comes up with more bad news. And before he can deliver the bad news, somebody else comes up. This is a pylon. It's obvious the devil's in it. He's not only is he trying to ruin Job's life, he's trying to drive him over the edge. He's trying to drive him over the edge. And in the process, he's given them the words to speak to multiply this negativity. And he stacked it. This is not coincidence. He stacked them. Boom, 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 boom. All to hit Job in one moment and tell him all this bad news. And watch. He says, verse 17, while he was still speaking, Another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Yeah. All right, so we're not coincidence anymore. No. No. This is coordination. This is the way the devil works. Now, can you imagine how Job just found out there's three different attacks. Job just found out all of his fortune is gone. Mm -hmm. Everything he's worked for all his life, it's gone. Yep. It's not, it, this is not coincidence. This coordination. And it's not just coordination in the attacks themselves. It's coordination in what is being said to Job and when it's being said to yeah. Job. In other words, he's utilizing these attacks 
to pile up and pile on. He's trying to, all right, you know, God basically tells the devil, like, you can't touch Job. You can't touch him personally. So, so the devil, and I want you to see this, the devil's sitting there and he's like, okay, I won't touch him, but I'm going to throw stuff at his mind. I'm going to throw stuff at his emotions, and I'm going to pile it on. He's trying to completely break Job. Yeah. He's wanting Job to touch himself. Mm-hmm. He's wanting Job to touch his own life. Yep. Like he's trying, probably trying to get him to commit suicide. He's, tr- he's probably trying to get him to jump off the cliff and just you know, headlong into destruction in his thoughts, in his mind, in his emotions, in his soul. Yeah. So the devil's like, I can't touch him, but I'm going to throw stuff at him. And uh, hopefully he'll kill himself. Yeah. That's what the devil's doing. This is not coincidence. This is coordination. Mm-hmm. And then and then he tries to throw like, okay, pile on, pile on, pile on. Now let me let me finish it off with yeah. this. Yeah. All right. And then he says, verse 18, while he was still speaking, the third one, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Mm -hmm. Do you think Job felt like moving on? No. Do you think Job felt encouraged in this moment? No, this is horrible. Like this is this is beyond horrible. Mm-hmm. This is beyond horrible. And the devil obviously, like he is pulling out all the stops. He's going as far as he can go to yeah. try and sack Job and his whole life, right? Uh we find out in the next chapter, you know, we're sitting there in the next chapter, and Job's wife says, You still trust God? Like basically he says, she says, curse God and die. Like, you know, I wrote in the notes of our reading, I was like, she was a peach, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Like, wow, congratulations, Job. You got a winner there, you know? (laughs) You literally just took the words out of my mouth twice. It's like, wow. And uh, literally on top of this, in the midst, in the midst of all of this, instead of them standing together in faith, you know, she, again, it's like one more attack on yeah. her. And yeah. so she's being moved in her mind. And I, I granted, she's probably in weeping and mourning and she's let her emotions get. But when she tells her own, own husband, why don't you just die? You know, you've allowed something to get to you. You've yep. not taken control of some things you need to take. That's not the time to like just start killing everybody because yeah. you feel bad, you know, and you've had bad things. That's the time to stand and having done all stand. But can you see the coordination of the devil in here? And can you see his attacks? Well, many times in in my experience, I've seen attacks like this, not on this level. This is a major, major level, obviously. I don't know anybody that's received that level of attacks. Now, I do know people who have felt what they would probably say is that level of pressure. But in terms of like actual weight to it and all of their children dying and yeah. losing every bit of their their uh, wealth and fortune, everything that they own, 
all within minutes of each other, four different attacks delivered one right after the other, blow by blow. I've not seen anybody have that. But what you can see here is how the devil does it and what he wants to do, and I want you to see this. The devil wants to break our, our mind. He wants to break our soul, right? The mind, will, and emotions. He is trying to deliver. He might not be able to, to, to touch you, yeah. but he's trying to get you to touch yourself, yep. right? He's trying to get you to harm yourself, and this is how he operates. It's not coincidence. It's coordination. And so he will pile on attacks. It's not coincidence. It's coordination. He'll try to deliver them in a timely manner. You can see who he is, how ruthless he is, what a what a what a jerk he is, yeah. all in this story. Yeah. And so now here's the thing. Who's attacking Job? The devil is. So Job needs to not give in to what the devil was trying to get him to do. Job, Job was being tempted to just fold, right? Just, just don't resist, turn over, let me destroy you, right? And that's what he's being tempted yeah. to do. And the Bible tells us as a command to resist the devil, right? That's a commandment, to resist the devil. So the one who just stole all of these pieces from Job's life, yeah. the one who just stole all that is trying to get Job to respond a certain way. What we have to do is make sure that when the devil tempts us with that, we don't respond that way. We don't fall for that temptation of the soul and fall for that. And what he tries to do in that moment in, when he's trying to do that. And see, you can have situations that truly other people did the wrong thing to you. But what the devil's trying to get you to do is to accept pity, yeah. right? To accept the, the downtrodden nature of that. And that's when we have to stand, and having done all stand, we have to say, no, even if people have done the right thing or the wrong thing, even if all this stuff has happened, I trust God. I trust you, Lord. You are leading me to triumph. Now, if you know the story of Job, it goes on, and by chapter 3, Job and his friends, they get way off. You know, they're, they're, they're off. So much so that eventually, I think around chapter 42, God shows up. <laughs> you know, he's like, y'all, basically, I'm, Brian's paraphrase, y'all need to shut up. Like, stop talking. You know, were you there? You know, God's correction of Job and his friends, basically Job around, you know, chapter 42 is like, like, ooh, don't say anything. Just be quiet. And listen, you know, it was, it was pretty like he was attacking that pride that they thought they knew something, you know, and uh, they didn't know anything. But then we find out that Job repents and God restores him twofold. And one of the things that I like to put, point out is he, Job can't be restored having this tragedy constantly yeah. pulling him down. Yeah. So in terms of his restoration, if he's truly restored, he must have this tragedy, the power of it, broken over his life too. His mind had to be restored as well. That's what the character of God and the nature of God shows us. And so here's Job completely restored now. What got Job from this moment when the devil piled on 
What got Job from this moment when the devil was trying to get him to destroy himself in his thoughts all the way to the end of the book where he's actually in a great victory? What took him through that? And most scholars say this happened in less than two years, probably less than a year. He went from the beginning of Job to the end of the book of Job. Most scholars agree it was, a, it was less than a year, yeah. right? That's an amazing turnaround. Yeah. That is a supernatural turnaround. What caused him to get there? And you see it in the very next verse of chapter 1. In verse 20, Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. He what? Yeah. He what? He worshiped? Yeah. He just lost all of his sheep, all of his camels, all of his goods, and all of his children. And probably thought it was God. Probably thought it was God. That's and and that's a great point of it is and, and we've talked about that. In their understanding, he probably thought God did all of that. And he hit his knees and worshiped. Okay. This is trust on a different level. Yeah. This is trust on a different level. You know, it, God says, in the King James, it says, have you considered Job? He's perfect. Uh, that word perfect is not, doesn't mean perfect the way we look at it today. That word means mature. When you go back to the original language, it just shows, hey, my servant Job is, is a mature spiritual man, right? Well, you can see it in verse 20. Yeah. For him to think that God, probably think that God did it, lose all of that stuff within a matter of minutes, Hit his knees and worship God. This is a trust of God. Now, I want you to see this. What kind of mental encouragement did it take for Job to worship after that? Let's ask this question. What would most people do today? Not that. They they would, yeah, great point. But he said off camera, he said they would curse God and die. You know, that's what would happen. You know, here, here's the thing is, how can Job do this? Because he was mature in his spirituality. And we need to be mature in our spirituality. What do you do when you're just not feeling it? You know, now, obviously, kind of the title of the broadcast, we're kind of not at this same level that Job's at. But if we can figure out what to do from Job's perspective, then when we have something that just didn't go in our way, we're just not feeling, I just feel dull. I don't feel like I'm getting anything accomplished. I don't feel like, like am I worthy? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. Have, you have to understand, those are the beginning stages of trying to completely ruin you. Those are the beginning stages of the devil's attack to try to completely ruin you. And so we're going to look at another story of this in 1 Samuel chapter 30 in a minute with with David. But those are the beginning stages. When the devil starts trying to pile on, get you discouraged, get you in your mind, when you're just feeling dull, like just not feeling on top, when you're just feeling like, I'm just not feeling it today, like I don't even want to do anything. Not coincidence, it's coordination. That's the beginning of the grading of your hope And if you yield to it, you'll go to the fullness of the grading of your hope where all hope is lost. 
You don't want to get to that place. We want to recognize it first, and we want to put on what Job put on, the victorious thing that Job did, put on a worship and a praise of God in the midst of not feeling it. Well, these are the moments that lead to like a separation. Yeah. You know, and you see it through the word Jesus, Paul and Silas, you know, we're going to talk about David. Any At any point in the word where there was that moment of discouragement or apathy or whatever to be there, yeah. that's the decision maker moment of what's really in you. Like what's going to come out? And you've talked, you've preached on this before. Yeah. You know, when the pressing comes, what comes out of you? Yeah. And when we have such an example, like that's why the people in the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith in Hebrews yeah. 11 are those people is because when those moments came, instead of yielding to what the world or what the flesh would feel comfortable doing, they chose, no, the word is true. I'm going to do what that's the word right. says to do. That's right. I, and with Job, it was, I'm going to trust the relationship I have with this God that yes. I could have done this to me. My God is more important to me. Like yeah. he, he made that decision in that moment of more than what I have, more than what I see, more than what I feel, my relationship with you is more important yeah. and I'm going to go to you. Yeah. And I found that to be true. Like I've done it so many times wrong. And in the moments where I've done it right, even though it's that awkward pressure of, I don't want to do this, my spirit yeah. My spirit does, but my soul doesn't logically like it. My flesh doesn't lo- or doesn't feel like it. But those are the moments that when you get past the soul, when you get yeah. past the flesh, and you truly start to get into the spirit, all of a sudden that pressure Yeah, something breaks. changes. Yeah, yeah it does. that's exactly right. But it's yeah. a separation point of yeah. here's where the rubber meets the road, what's actually in you, yeah. and you find out. So... I want to look at this one more time. I I really feel led of the Lord to go over this one more time is, what was the devil truly after? Was he after just breaking a part of Job's life? What was he after? Job's life. Completely destroying him all the way to the point where he had no more life. And not because it was personal to Job, but because he wanted to impact God. Yeah, he, he... the devil hates God and hates God's creation, mm-hmm. and he hates man that's made in God's image because yep. that's what he wanted, right? So he's jealous of it. He's prideful. He he is full of every bit of evil. Yeah, he's not after he's not after just destroying Job and making Job's life miserable. He wants to kill Job. Yeah. So now, how does he try to do it? And this is very important. I want you to see he's not just after stealing Job's stuff. He wants to destroy Job. You know, if all he was if all he was after was taking Job's stuff, he's already done that. Mm-hmm. There's no need for the messengers. There's no need for the pile on. Mm-hmm. There's no need for that. He's already done it. He's already done it. He's already stole his stuff. He's not after his stuff. That's just secondary. That's a bonus to him. He's after Job. Yep. He's after, he wants to destroy Job. So what? Okay. What is he doing? Then what does the devil do? Remember, remember, the Bible says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices or the devil's schemes. So let's look at this, and what is the devil really after? He can't touch Job just like he can't touch Christians. Right. We are kept from the evil one, all right? He can't touch Christians. Don't you know that he's a thief and a destroyer and a, and a killer? 
right? It doesn't, doesn't yes. didn't Jesus tell us this? John 10, 10, yeah. thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's still the same guy. Yeah. If he wanted to kill us, he would have done it. If he, if, not if he wanted to, if he could, yeah. he would have done it, all right? Same thing with Job. If he could have killed Job, he just would have killed him, but he couldn't. So he said, okay, let me try to get Job to destroy himself. Yeah. I'm going to pile on. I'm going to pile on to him. Well, now, he, in this case, see, this is the issue that I find that deceives a lot of people. They can see this with Job, but they don't see it in the small things that are happening in their life. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if it was mass tragedy, they feel like they could recognize it. But it's kind of that principle of if you don't see and do this in the small thing, you're not going to do it in the big thing yeah. either. It's that principle. In other words, they can say, okay, the devil was trying to pile on to Job and completely destroy Job. I can see that. But how did Job, how did the devil do that? He was trying to get Job to completely internalize all of this stuff, go into fear and dread, and completely crumble his soul. Yeah. He's trying to crumble his mind, will, and emotions where he can't even stand anymore. That was the devil's device. Yeah. That is still his device today. That's still the same way that he works today. The issue is, though, now I would say that he's probably gotten a little bit more smart with it, where he doesn't come in such a full-out attack all the time. Now, he will try to give a death blow, like one final, you know, let me throw them over the edge type moment. But yeah. he only does that after he has us weighed down in the first place. Yeah. But what he'll do, so if you look at Acts 27, he's actually done something differently. He's, he's grading on them. So with Job, he's just like, and it's all out, and you can see it, and it, and it's out in the open, right? Yeah. And, he, and he's just trying to wear out Job, and then he tells him all the news at one time. It's so big, it's obvious to say, wow, I, you know, it's not obvious to everybody, but if you know what you're looking for, it's obvious to say, that's the devil. Whatever he's trying to get you to do, don't do that. Yeah. You know, Don't do that. So now the devil uses the same attack, but I would say it's a little bit more crafty. It's like, okay, let me just grade on your hope a little bit. Yep. Let me, you know, hey, you got a speeding ticket. Dang it, I got a speeding ticket. Now I got to pay this money. Oh, and when you get home, you get a bill from the IRS, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then you get a phone call from somebody you didn't even know you owed money to, right? And, and it's great, great. Great. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, your, your mom calls and she like blesses you out because you did something you didn't even know you did. Yep. Great. And then your pastor calls and he corrects you on something at the same time. Great. You yep. know, and then all of a sudden your sibling calls and all of these and all, and it's just these little things. So it's not, it's not that you lost your whole life savings. It's not that you lost all your kids and your family in one day. It's not that. It's mm -hmm. just grading, grading. Grading. And I mean, if you had those things happen all in a couple of days, where's your mind going to be at without God's help and without acting by the Spirit? And all that stuff all, for me. Yeah, golly. Like, it's am been I? A lot. Like, you know, this just stinks, you know, and everything. 
The devil's doing the same thing that he tried to do with Job. He's just trying to get you there a little bit slower, but he's trying to get you to not realize what's happening. Yeah. In other words, you were here, and he's taking you here, 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 down. Yeah. And so that you're not you're not recognizing the altitude change, yeah. right? It's like if you were in a plane and you started at 1,000 feet, he's trying to get you to crash, but he's just taking it down 10 feet at a time. So you don't really notice, like, if you went down 100 feet at one moment, you go, oh, goodness, God, we got to get back up. Right. But 10 feet at a time, you don't notice that's that. Exactly right. That's his, that's his tactic, yeah. right? And so at that moment, first of all, we have to recognize what's going on. Yeah. And the key is you just stay up all the time. So no matter what happens, it'll be okay. Yeah. You know, No matter what news I get, it will be okay. No matter what tries to come, it will be okay because yeah. God is always leading me to triumph in Christ yeah. and manifesting through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Yeah. Right? And, and so, in other words, the truths of God hold you up and keep you afloat even while the world may be throwing things at you to try and bring you down. But you have to recognize yeah. the attack, the grading, the grading. And so then if he can get somebody going on that downhill slide, then he'll start really trying to pile on to get them you know, to destroy themselves because he can't touch them. Yeah. He can just influence them. And if we don't recognize that and we don't resist that, when we're not feeling it, the whole point of, man, I'm just not feeling it today. That's the attack. Yeah. That's the thing that you need yeah. to stand up against. Well, and you're, it's so completely correct what you're talking about, the slow progression, not the fast progression. There was a few years ago, the Lord allowed me in prayer to see a, to see a vision of the demon of self-pity. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into all of it because I don't want that to get missed in what pastor's saying. But basically what happened is this, because it, it's a demonic thing. People, I yes. did this. Yeah. People will play with pity because they think it feels good. And what I saw was this demon that at, at the beginning looked like it needed to be taken care of. Yeah. Looked like it was scared and this thing that needed to yeah. be coddled. And it changed. And it like what what happened in the vision that I saw was it did slowly but surely the yeah. more you catered to it, the more yeah. down, down, like darkness. And yep. I like when I came out of that time of prayer, I called you because it scared me so yeah. much. I was like, I don't I don't know what I just saw. Yeah. And basically that that demonic force, if it'll grab if we yeah. will allow it to grab a hold of us, will literally take us to the point of hell if we don't That's stop. That's right. It. Like That's it's right. not something to play around with. It's a it's a demon. Like yeah. it's a demonic entity designed to yes. steal and rob yes. and destroy and kill and it's not something to play with so ever since i've seen that yeah anytime that that feeling of well i just need yeah. i need this my flesh yeah. needs this like pity me look at me right now that's a trigger in my mind of yes. this thought will take me down if i let this take me down that's right like it's it's not something to play with and that and so pity is the secondary uh secondary step the first step many times is just a spiritual dullness yeah like 
just a dullness. Like I just don't, I just don't feel alive today. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't feel, I'm just not feeling it today. Yep. That dullness is the first step because if you're not feeling it, here's the thing. Most of the time when people aren't feeling it, they will not apply faith because it's just such a small step mm-hmm. from where they were the day before or the service before. I'm just in a funk. I'm just in a funk. It'll yeah. be okay. No, it's not okay. Mm-mm. That's the first step. Yep. That's the first. You Generally, that's one of the first steps. No, it's not just a funk. That's actually the first step because the next step is the pity that you've been in that funk yeah. for a while, right? So pity's the next step on that. Well, and that's the, th- people will take that as normal. Like, yeah. it's just an off day for me. There's no off days for Jesus. No, so there's, there's not. there's no off days for me. I'm in Christ. As he is, so am I in this world. That is not normal. And that goes back to what Brother Tracy says. Why are my my people, why, are the fam- why is the family of God calling normal what God calls a curse? Yeah. God's not having an off day. God's not having a funk day, you know. God's not having a day that just, I'm just not feeling it. Jesus Jesus isn't having those days. When he did, he went to the garden. Yeah. And he prayed, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself there, and he prayed it out. He did something about it, and he was feeling it in his flesh, but he dealt with it, and he resisted the devil in his spirit. This is very important. And so the issue is, many times, if you can imagine, if you can imagine here we're on top of the mountain and the devil wants to take us down the slippery slope of a funk and pity and and then all of a sudden start to pile on and then try to knock us out. The issue is, how much easier is it to deal with it at step one? Yeah. But once you get some momentum going down, it's hard to turn that thing. Imagine the plane heading to the ground again. Yeah. You know, you start, you know, you kind of take that dive and it's not bad, not bad. Now we're in a dive. You got momentum. It's hard to pull that thing back up. The devil yes. knows that. So he doesn't want you to recognize you're in a dive until it's too late. Yep. And so we need to recognize so his huge. schemes and we need to recognize his devices that when I'm just not feeling it, you're already in the attack. That's a great illustration. You're already in the attack. When I'm just not feeling it, you're already in the attack. Yeah. You're already in it, you see? And so think about this, like with a plane. Uh, They'll take astronauts up, and they'll take a plane like this, right? They'll take a plane like that, and then they'll do that. When they go over the hump, Mm -hmm. they'll go weightless, Mm -hmm. and they get to practice weightlessness for a few seconds and everything. Mm -hmm. So think about that. Now, Hear this. When they are up in that in that apex, when they're up in that climax of the of the going over the hill, mm-hmm. they feel weightless. There's no pressure. There's nothing pulling on them. There's no they're yeah. weightless. There's no weighing. There's no heaviness. There's no heaviness. Yeah. Right? They're weightless. They're not carrying anything. Yep. Right? That's a great moment. Feels great. That's how we are a lot of times on Sunday morning. That's how we feel when the Holy Ghost just filled us up again, everything. It's like, oh, I feel so weight. This is awesome. This is so good, you know? But as soon as they come up over that hill and they start to level out and come down, gravity comes back, Yep. right? Do you understand that when God says it's easy and light, right? 
He's saying that's like that point when it's weightless because we're being moved and we're carried on the wings of the Spirit. Yeah. But as soon as we stop receiving the carrying of the Spirit, the gravity sets back in yep. and, the, and the weight sets back in. And, and that would be, but now think about, think about people riding on a plane. Do they complain because of gravity? No, but isn't weightlessness better? But they've, they've, they've carried gravity for so long, they call it normal. We are not designed to carry weight. Yep. We are to cast our cares on the Lord, right? If we cast our cares on the Lord, that means I'm weightless in the Lord. Yeah. I'm weightless in the Spirit. So for me to carry a weight and just not feel it, I'm already at step one of the decline. Yep. Can you see that? Now, here's the thing. Um, we're not saying this to condemn because that's pretty much everybody has been like, yeah, the weight's normal. You know, that's why people say the struggle is real. And it's so widely accepted because they've accepted the curse. Right. When God said, cast your cares, which means if, as soon as I have no cares, nothing to carry, I'm weightless. Yeah. Right? I've, and so if I'm not weightless, I've already started the descent, yeah. which is why you'll hear me say, why you'll hear me say, if it's not easy and light, it's a symptom yep. that something is off. And so what we've done is we've been so normal and we've called the weight so normal that we don't know what God's normal is yeah. in this. And because we don't know that God's no what God's normal is, we don't recognize that's the beginning of the attack. Yeah, That's actually the beginning of it to keep you under pressure, under the weight, that you're not anointed to carry. Mm -hmm. God's anointed to carry it. Well, and it's subtle. It's like when you're, I think you've given this example before, the Lord's shown it to me in prayer too. When you're hiking and you have a backpack, it, yeah. and imagine that backpack being empty, and someone's slowly putting a rock in, and yeah. you walk a yeah. little ways with it, and you get used to that weight, and then yeah. someone puts another rock in. Eventually, you're not even going to recognize that the backpack is co completely full of rocks. You've Correct. gotten so acclimated to the weight that all of a sudden, before before you realize that you're walking slower than you ever walked, it's taking you longer to get to places than it's ever gotten because we just took it as normal because it came gradually. It, yes. Grading one at a time, one thing after another. And it started with the one, the one little thing Amen. every time. Amen. So, all right, now looky here. This is uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. I'm going to read this in the King James just because it says the same thing, but the wording of it, will you'll see how it fits so perfectly here, okay? Isaiah 61, and look at verse 3. He says, to appoint unto them that mourn it. So this is what Christ accomplishes in us, that yeah. we have access to. This is what we have access to as children of God, yeah. as people who are born again through Christ. We have access to this all the time. There's never a time we don't have access. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. Yeah. The ashes is representative of mourning. Right. As soon as the weight comes in, as soon as the morning comes in, God's given us the things to turn that from mourning yeah. into a beauty. In other words, it goes from a sullen, sullen face. Oh, 
to a beauty, right? That's what he's given us in the anointing of God. The oil of joy or the anointing of joy for mourning, mm -hmm. for mourning. So you see, if we're missing our joy, we have not received that fruit or the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in our life, but it is available to us. So the thing is to not be mad because you're not in joy. The thing is say, oh no, Lord, I receive that joy right now. Yeah. A lot of times if I'm praying over somebody and I can get them into joy, yep. I can get the salvation, the saving grace that they need for healing or whatever to them. Why? Because Isaiah 12, 3 says, with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. Mm -hmm. But if we can't move over into joy, I've prayed for people at times and it's like, all right, just, just receive right here and I'm trying to give them in joy. And what they've done, they've accepted the curse as normal. This is just where I'm at. This is just where I'm at. No, that's where the devil wants you to be. Yeah. Resist that. Yeah. And that's what he's telling us. And then he, then he says this, this oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yeah. That means it's... he. He fashions the words in this verse to mirror taking a garment off and putting a garment on. In other words, God's not going to do it for you. We must decide, I'm taking this off. It's kind of like blind Bartimaeus. When he got up and he knew that Jesus was walking by, he cast that garment away from him that showed that he was a beggar because yep. he was about to get healed and he was saying, I will never take this identity on again. I'm taking this garment off. I will, and in this case, I will not take a garment of yeah. heaviness. I will not take the weight. I will not take the care. I'm going to cast that care on God. I take on this garment a praise. A praise is a high energy, high volume, high action. And what's the thing you don't feel like the most when you're just not feeling it? You don't feel like praising. You don't feel like praising. I go back to that day that you were feeling that way. I said, what's your favorite praise song? Don't tell me a worship song. Tell me the praise song. You told me what it was. I said, turn it up loud. Yeah, I turned it up. I turned it up really loud. I mean, the whole, the whole living room was you know, doom, doom, doom. You know, I turned it up loud. You could feel the music. I said, start praising. When you do that, you feel like an idiot in the flesh, in the flesh, in, in, in this physical world's yeah. thinking and logic. Yeah. You feel like an idiot. But what happens when we did it? What happened when you did it? I received. Yeah, freedom of God. What happened to the weight? It lifted. You decided, because I was telling you that day, I was telling you what to do. But because I told you and you trusted me, I told you what I trust that the Lord said. Mm -hmm. The Lord said this, I trust you. So now that I trust you, I'm telling her, she trusts me. And all of a sudden, the weight that you did have, it, when you decided, okay, I'm going to do this because he tell me, even though this seems idiotic, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. When you did that, the weight of that garment of heaviness yeah. fell off. And there became a garment of praise that you yeah. put on, you decide to put it on. This is the resistance that we must do when we are, resist the devil. When we start to feel that weight, we're already in the first step of the curse. Amen. Put that in the comments. When I feel the first piece of, what I, of weight, when I feel the first piece of weight, I'm already in the first step of the curse. Mm -hmm. You see that, all right? Now, so... Now, that doesn't mean that we can't carry weight. 
It means that we can have an anointing that lifts us up higher than the weight pulls us down. This is how we can bear the burdens of, of one another. In other words, I can carry a lot of weight but I don't feel it yep. if I handle it right. Yep. If I handle it right, I'm just stronger in the spirit than the burden is in the flesh. Mm-hmm. You see? It's not that we don't carry weight or we don't carry the burdens of one another. It's, it's the feeling of it. Am I feeling it or am I letting the anointing come up underneath me and lift me up stronger than the weight is pushing me down. Well, Brother Tracy preached on that during Kickstart when he was here about how it's not that the the physical feeling or whatever of pressure leaves. It's as we grow in the Lord, we get stronger. stronger It shouldn't be feeling that same way. Exactly. And so you see this. I'll read this in the New American now. The oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of faint of fainting mm-hmm. or heaviness. Then it says, they, the ones that will do this, that will cast off the weight, cast off the weight, receive the anointing, yeah. receive the anointing to lift them up. It says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Mm. Watch this that he may be glorified, that he may be glorified. You see, the problem with Peter in Matthew 16, when he was trying to get Jesus to turn away from Jerusalem, right? He was actually, he didn't realize this, but when Jesus went to Jerusalem and he fulfilled the Father's will, Peter was thinking more about man's ways than God's ways. What he didn't realize was if Jesus didn't go, the, the Father wouldn't be glorified. He was literally out of pity trying to hold back the glorification of God, right? He was actually, so now watch this. That same thing, when that weight comes on us, and we're like, I'm just not feeling it today. And we don't resist it. We're literally holding back God's glory that's designed to come through us by taking off that weight and putting on praise. We're holding back glory God should get. Because we're the planning of the Lord that God may be glorified. Yeah. See, yeah. we have to resist these ways. In, yeah, we have to resist this pressure and this step, these small steps, this graduated pressure down into a slippery slope that we can't pull out of. But we don't, the easier thing is resist it at that moment. Resist it at that moment. Now, you've been watching me for years now, and I've gotten better and better at this over time. But now, how many things bother me in the moment? Like, I might be agitated by it. I might be here like, golly, I don't want to deal with this. But how, mu- how many things do I take weight on? I can't think of any. And, and I'm that's, sure there's the temptation, but very, very, very few. There's always the temptation of it. But the issue is, how many times do I take the weight instead of, of praise? And, that, and that's the point of it right there is that we need to get so good that people don't, they, they're like, this doesn't even phase them because yeah. it doesn't. Because it doesn't. It, it's a temptation, but it doesn't phase us. Well, that point that you just made a second ago is huge. Like, I, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way of anytime I take on weight, I, yes. am, I am essentially refusing to let God be glorified. That's me. correct. Anytime I yep. take on a weight or a pressure or a care or a pity or whatever, I am blocking God being glorified. Yeah. That for uh, someone who loves the Lord, that's enough of a motivator to be like, something's off, like that's off and fix it. Yeah. 
So I think that most people, I think most of us, if we could see that this is a straight-up attack, mm -hmm. right? If we could see this is a straight-up attack, I think we would go, oh, no, I'm coming against that attack. Yeah. Sometimes we've struggled with that, like, but that's the issue. That's, that's the trickery of this deception is the more you yield to it, the less you feel strengthened and the less you feel like resistance. So the further you go down, the harder it is to come up, yep. right? And so the, the issue is that we recognize the attack quickly. Yep. And then I just gave you the key to recognize that attack. The moment you feel weight, you're already in the attack. Yeah. Which yeah. is, now understand, that's a constant in this world because yep. it's a corrupted world. It's constantly trying to pull. Constantly, constantly, constantly. So the issue is not whether or not it's going to pull. It's going to try and pull you down. It's going to. Yeah. That's what a corrupted world does. The issue is, do you sense that? Mm -hmm. Can you sense that? Or do you feel weightless in the anointing of yeah. God? If I don't feel weightless in the anointing of God, then I need to put on praise. I need to worship God and trust him until I, that fullness of the anointing is lifting me up on its wings. Yeah. You see what I mean? And so we just keep doing that until we feel. We don't let dullness sit. We don't let weight sit. All of those are the beginnings of the curse. Weight is the beginning of the curse. Yeah. Dullness is the beginning of the curse. Pity is deeper into that curse, you see? And, it, and then it stair steps down, and it, the devil wants to take you to the same place like he did Job, where he piles on and tries to give you a death blow that you will completely cave into and destroy yeah. you from the inside out. Because he can't touch you, but he can influence us to harm ourselves by receiving the weight. Yep. All he wants is for you to receive the weight. That's the attack. Put that in the comments. All the devil wants is for me to receive the weight. Because if I will receive the weight, then he's got me yep. until I change course. And then the more I go, the harder it is to change course. The devil wants you to receive the weight. Just put that. The devil wants for you to receive the weight. So don't receive it. Don't receive the weight. Don't receive it. You know, I've had so much bad news delivered to me over the years. I don't receive it. And that is what get, allows me to access the victory that will pay for it, yeah. right? It, by not receiving the weight, it keeps me in the place of reception. Yeah. But if I'll receive the weight, I can't receive the solution and the weight at the same time. It's right. receive one or the other. I either receive the weight or I receive the lifting up. I receive the weight or I receive the anointing. I receive yeah. the weight or I receive the solution. So I just don't receive the weight. Yeah. I'm not saying that the weight's not there. I'm not saying that it's not real. I just decide I have something that is stronger than you that, that can lift you up. I don't receive the weight. I receive the solution in Amen. Christ, right? All right, so do you have anything to add? That's just, it's just such wisdom. I mean, like... I'm I'm honestly curious um, how many people have reached out to you and Pastor Nicole when they felt funky or even been in pity versus when they've been at like step three. Yeah. <laughs> like because of that deception of it's yeah. not a big deal. And I've had moments where I was talking to you just not long ago 
And as I was in the middle of the, the attack, I just kept thinking, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And how serious that's that decept the deception. How serious yep. that is. And that keeps you from yep. reaching out, telling people, reaching out, talking. Even if it's a friend, it keeps you from reaching out and telling people yep. because of that thought. It's not a big deal. And I'm sure even as people are listening to this right now, and you're saying that dullness is the beginning of an attack, I'm sure people are still having that lie try to come yeah. up of, what do you mean? That's just normal. That's not That's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And that but you that's exposing that is so huge. That's not true, though. It is a big deal. It's the beginning of a death blow. Mm -hmm. That's the first step of a death blow. Well, and in Job, when before those four attacks came, what what you just said triggered in my mind or in my whichever way, Job thought he had his kids handled. Yeah. Job opened that door for the enemy to be able to take his kids out because he feared that they were doing something wrong, and he thought he could handle it effectively himself, so he kept offering and doing all those things instead of, I don't know who he would have gone to. He took the weight on himself for their perceived sins in mm -hmm. his mind. But he thought he had it. He handled it on his own. That's, yep. the, that's the thing. He said he did this. He made this offering continuously because of fear. And then later on, he says, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. So the thing he feared the most is that he would lose his kids. Yeah. You know, and, and you see that. And so the issue is that's how the devil really began the attack because he said, oh, your kids are messing up. They're partying. Your kids are messing up. And, and so then in the world, we would say, well, I've got to fear for my kids. I just fear for them. I worry about them. You know, there is no normal worry to God. Yeah. There is no worry. Put that there in is the no fear. Yeah, God. There's no worry and worry. fear is not normal to God, mm -mm. and it's not normal for a believer. Worry and fear is not normal. Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. So in God, there is no fear. There is no worry. Worry and fear is not normal to God. There is no normal worry and fear in God. There is no normal worry and fear in God. And so here he is. He's worrying and he's in fear. What, what is that? Weight. Yeah. He, it's, it's weight. So he didn't know that, and he's ignorant of that. Remember, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? He's in it. He's in it. He doesn't recognize it, and so he just goes along with it. And not realizing the thing you fear opens up the door. If you keep fearing it, it opens up the door for it to come to pass. So while he did great, like in trusting the Lord and like he did. and going yeah. and worshiping, that yeah. was like step three, not yeah. not step one. Yeah, that was it, that was what he should have done at the beginning. He said, "Lord, I turn my kids over to you. Yeah. I put them in your hands. I'm not trying to pay a price for them myself. Lord, I trust you." There's a difference. And it sounds similar. Sounds like they're doing the same thing. Well, when he made offerings to God, that's what he was doing. No, he was paying for their, their protection. He was doing it of his own accord, yeah. with his own hand, and by his own means, not trusting the Lord in that. There's a big difference there, and it's got to do with your heart. I'm doing it on my own, by my own means, and my own sacrifices, or Father, I trust you, and I trust your love over my family. Yeah. That one is legalism, and one is faith. Yeah. You see? Yeah, I was, I was doing that recently, like, um, not long ago, and I 
you guys helped me to catch that. Because yeah. I was having something that come up and then a ta specific attack kept coming up over and over again. And I kept being like, okay, what do I need to confess? What scriptures, yeah. what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I kept trying to figure out what to do to come against the attack. Yeah. But it was all about what do I need to do? I wasn't trusting God. I was looking to my works to get me out yes. of it, to protect me. And, and there was no trust in God. It was a pressure of, oh, no, I need to, I need to biblically handle yeah. this correctly, spiritually yeah. handle this correctly. And I was in fear literally as I'm going to the Word, literally as I'm going to Scriptures to yeah. confess. I'm in fear just doing it out of a payment, yeah. not doing it out of trust whatsoever. Right, right. Well, and here's what I want you to see now is I want you to see this is we're going to talk about it tomorrow. How do we encourage ourselves in the Lord? What do we do to encourage ourselves in the Lord? The, the dullness, the attack, the pity, how do we come out of that? How do we encourage ourselves in the Lord? Because there's steps that we need to take, and there's revelation that we need to have on yeah. that. And we've already talked about some of them. We're going to look at it in more detail because if you can learn how to do that and recognize it and do that quickly, you'll stay in that in that uh, no weight zone. Mm -hmm. You'll stay in that lightweight zone, you know, where you just you feel like you're flying because you are with with God. You'll yeah. stay in that place. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Glory well, to God. And, and for those of you who are watching, like I know that that this broadcast could feel like, man, this kind of feels like a downer. No, before you can before we can receive like help and instruction, we've got to know what we're receiving. We have to it face forward. reality of it. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have to examine ourselves in a mirror effectively. And I know for me, even as I'm sitting here and sharing, and the Holy Spirit's talking through me, there's stuff that as Holy Spirit speaking, I know. I need to fix this yeah. better. So yeah. I'm more prepared now to hear the word that's going to come tomorrow yeah. than I was even stepping on going Motiv to minister. The motivated word. with the why. Oh, yeah. why? I need this. That's why. You know, I need to know what to do with it. So, so. this is not a broadcast yeah. of, oh, the devil, so what? No, he has no Amen. power. He's a deceiver. But we can't be ignorant to his schemes and his yeah. devices. So tomorrow when we receive the word that the Holy Spirit's yeah. going to bring, we're going to know how to employ it, and you're going to be able to do it better than we've ever done before. I love that Rebecca says, I'm going to stay in the no-weight zone. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Like I'm going to stay in the no-weight zone. So. I feel Amen. like that's a, a sign that they have at Planet Fitness somewhere, like up <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it works in the spiritual, and it makes you feel good in the flesh, too. I, I'm going to stay in the no-weight zone. Amen. Just take the batteries out of your out of your uh, scale. That's all. No weight. No weight zone. Amen. <laughs> well, Father, right now, Lord, let our eyes be open to the attack. Let us yeah. see it clearly without falling for what the world, this corrupted world, is called normal. Lord, we do not accept a, a small curse. Yeah. We don't accept a small curse. We don't accept any curse, yeah. big or small. We do not accept it yeah. in Jesus' name. Yeah. We thank you for your anointing. We put on that anointing right now in the name of Jesus. We praise you for it. We give you glory, and we're coming out. Yeah. We will stay in that weightless zone. We will stay in easy and light. We will stay yeah. in triumph and yeah, move from victory you, to victory, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Father, we thank you for it. 
We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you like to handle the offering today? You want to? I talked a whole lot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so today we give you the opportunity to sow. God is so awesome, and he gives us the ability yes. to sow into the kingdom by our seed. So when you sow, just like in the natural, it, it you receive a harvest. So we give you that opportunity. If you feel led, not under pressure, not under compulsion, but if you feel led by the Lord in your spirit to sow, We'll put it up on the screen. These are the ways Amen. that you can give and sow into the kingdom today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, we want to bless your seed. You know, as you are sowing, sow with faith, sow with confidence, yeah. sow with hope, sow with love. God is not a respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. So as you're sowing today, sow with that faith that God is a rewarder. Yeah. He is a blesser and my seed is multiplying because this is our year of multiplied increase. So Amen. we're going to pray over your seed and be believing with you that it comes to pass quickly that a harvest shows up in your life. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the seeds being sown today, for the people who are partnering with this word, investing their lives back into the kingdom. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we yeah. call these seeds blessed pressed down, shaken together, running over. May the harvest return back to them, multiplied increase in Jesus' name. Let it be abundant. Let it overflow. Let them not even have baskets to hold it all together. Lord, I thank you that thank you, you are a good and faithful God and you are faithful to the seed. You don't miss a one and you don't forget one. So yeah. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for each and every sower. Bless them mightily in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we thank y'all for being on with us today. You heard it from Pastor himself. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about what are the steps to encourage ourselves in the Lord and not be defeated, not have our hope stolen and graded away. So you're not going to want to miss it. Tell someone you know. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing the outro, but he's looking at me over the corner of my <laughs> eye. Um, it's fine. But well, he says I don't Think about <laughs> this. Think about this. How many people, how many people need the message that we Everybody, <laughs> literally like, everyone, more than yeah. we even know. Like we need everyone. it more than we know. Yeah. Like how much more does do other people know it that didn't even hear it yet? Yeah. Right. They need to share this broad. This yeah. is a powerful yeah. one today and tomorrow. Super yeah. powerful yeah. that needs to be shared. Like, subscribe, yeah. hit notification bell, but share this one specifically. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is a message, and the Lord really helped us today. To communicate it clearly, this is a message that people need to hear. So, yeah. amen. Yeah. So share it, hop yeah. back with us tomorrow, and we're going to let Buddy wrap everything else up. <laughs> See you tomorrow at 1130. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, look, she's... I'm <laughs> <laughs>
Thank <laughs> you. 